0: Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene, and I have with me today Taylor. Taylor, would you like to say hello to the audience?
1: Hello, I'm Taylor. How are you? (laughs) I already asked you that.
0: Well, I'm doing well today. I'm doing really well today. Um, um... Yeah, let's let's I guess get started. What I don't know. How would you describe your
2: gender right now? Um,
1: just trans women's fine. Okay. Uh, there's a more specific uh, sort of thing that happens. I I sort of for a, for a while I was like kind of like
2: really voided out. Um. People
1: would make all kinds of judgments based on gender, race, age. Like people couldn't get a read on me at all. And uh, that was sort of fun, but I sort of reached a limit. I, I realized there's like one thing I don't want to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And well, what is that one thing?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to like uh, be like, I don't want to be associated with these people or anything. It's just like the the very personal gender calculus that uh, is happening uh, with my own like hang-ups. Like, if people read me as a man, that's fine. Like, I'm not I'm not that torn up about it. If people read me as a woman, that's great, love it. Uh, even if they see me as a trans woman, especially like if they think I'm hot, then that's great. Um, If they read me as like a pathetic trans woman, as like a man pretending to be a woman, that's not the end of the world. Especially where I live, if that sort of uh, activates people sort of like liberal guilty conscience, and they're like extra nice to me. <laughs> if people read me as like queer, sort of a uh, just genderqueer, non-binary, whatever, like you be you, that's great, love it. Uh, but starting several years
2: ago a certain type of teenager
1: <laughs> would walk up to me and explicitly read me as afab non-binary and at
2: first it was like that's kind of cool like
1: i'm sort of like being read really deeply as female but also like a gender at birth language that annoys me for reasons that i'm sure everyone knows um but like listening to your podcast i kind of figure out like what it was that was annoying me about this because it did start to annoy me and uh i sort of realized that i felt like they were calling me like a failed woman and i was like no wait hold on you guys i can do this better i can be better so i'm like
2: trending in a more firm direction again
0: ok, that's actually that's that's really interesting. Um, you said that this started happening like several years ago,
2: right? Yeah. um
1: That's just all very recent. i.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's like a sort of, there's like a recent, I guess I'm curious, like, was this, was the way that, like, teenagers were reading you like this was, what was, I I, I guess I don't want to ask you to reveal too much, what was your, like, age around this time? Like, were you another teenager to these teenagers? Were you, like...
1: No, no, I'm, I'm in my 30s.
0: Okay, so you were, like, late 20s around this time? Yeah. And were 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 these teenagers? Were these like queer teenagers that were reading you this way, or like,
1: uh, some of them, yeah, okay just, yeah, just a certain type of they were either girls or or non-binary people
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay. And so so they were sort of recognizing did it feel like they were recognizing something of themselves in you or
1: yeah, definitely. Like they were they were being nice. like it's not.
0: Yeah, this wasn't like a. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't come up with it. I can't come up with a, a fictional non-binary bashing insult on the on the spot. Um, <laughs> but okay, and so it's it's interesting. You say that it felt like a sort of like um, it felt like a sort of way of accusing you of failing at womanhood. Um, yeah,
1: eventually. Uh- I can I can like uh, go back to my childhood and and, and like start explaining.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess we'd, let's let's like let's get to that and then maybe like um come back to this this question of failing at um
1: Yeah, well, the thing is like having listened to you to your podcast, you talk about failure a lot, but um actually a lot of my gender conforming behavior, especially in like middle school, high school, sort of resulted in a sort of Alternative masculine success. I,
2: uh, I did starting in
1: middle school like a lot because I just really sort of wanted to hang around girls. And so I would talk to them a lot. And, uh, I don't know. That just,
2: that just sort of worked. You were popular.
1: Semi popular. I was like a, like a geek, but, um, like my my high school sweetheart, uh, she she was like like the one like skinny blonde hair blue eyes girl in school that was like into anime and video games. And uh, if people thought that I was being weird, they like couldn't say shit because they were jealous of me.
2: Okay,
0: okay. And so, and, and what what was your own sort of like gender nonconformity? What form did it take in this era? Like what? It's like, right, that's, that's a, this is a thing I always ask people because it's such like a vague category, gender nonconformity. What, what specific things were you doing?
2: Uh, Well, by high school, um,
1: I was like wearing eyeliner every day and like growing out my hair, maybe some nail polish on the weekends.
2: And, uh, Uh, I don't know. That worked. Um,
1: my mom mm-hmm. didn't really like it, but she gave me permission. She and didn't
0: didn't care for it, but also didn't really care to stop it. Or
1: yeah, like she was okay with it. She it was just
2: a. Uh, she was definitely. She
1: did did like wonder aloud if, if I was gay and uh, that wasn't really it. Right. Right. Um, she, my mom was a, a, a drama major and as an undergrad and okay. uh, like back in the seventies and someone in her class did a uh, transition and she, she expressed some uh, reservations about this, about like using the bathroom with her. Right. Mm hmm.
0: She expressed these reservations to you, like when you were a child.
1: Yeah, just like as a story. Um, okay. She was never like hateful. Just had some ambivalence about it. Right. Like
2: probably the first time I ever like heard heard about transsexuals was probably Ace Ventura,
1: and I saw it very young, like whenever it came out. Um, Mm -hmm. my, my family was always like very loose with, with what sort of media I was allowed to consume and really, if you see adult comedies as a kid, usually it it all just goes over your head. Like you don't know what's going on, but by the end of that, I sort of realized like it is possible for, for a boy to become a woman, but it's just considered very weird and people really don't like it. Mm-hmm. And that's that.
2: That's the overwhelming, like mainstream, uh, sort of view. Like in the nineties,
1: was just trans women are this object of scorn, ridicule, fear. There was like nothing positive in the mainstream.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I was not alive in the 90s for, well, I was alive for the last three years, but even in the 2000s, it was not, like, a, yeah, to the extent that you heard about it, it was kind of as, like, a ridiculous thing, or, like, a. yeah, as you said, like, a sort of, like, object of scorn and ridicule. Um, yeah. Was, uh... And so, did, did that, like, stick with you in the moment? Did it, like, sort of, I mean, like you said, like, you learned, like... I don't know that like was that a thing that you worried about or were you just sort of like yeah of... so
1: like my, my very early childhood was there was like a lot of uh, instability I was like born on the east coast um, but that's only because my mom had uh, an internship at the time and uh, my biological dad uh, bailed sort of shortly after I was born and uh, then we moved back uh, to the midwest and when I was like Four. also my mom uh, traveled a whole lot for work like George Clooney up in the air amount of travel all the time
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: and then she she got married to my
2: dad and then we moved uh, to California and um, he also worked all the time and traveled a lot so uh, but I do
1: have an older sister um, and She's five years older than me, and that's just like in the age range where I just sort of like idolized her and like really looked up to her. And I was very aware of the sort of gender divide between us, and I'd be mm-hmm. like jealous of her
2: things. And I have a lot of early memories like that. I like second grade. Ah. Uh, A lot of things were happening. That's probably like when I saw you, <laughs> I was like the second grade. Um,
1: I remember one time my sister uh, and her friend, they were making some video for school and they asked me like, would it be okay if we put you in a dress and made a video? Like we wouldn't have to show your face. And I like really wanted to say yes, but she asked me in front of a friend and I was like, no but then it like stuck in the back of my head like why would i look like in a dress
2: and uh, i see
1: yeah and uh, around that time like because my parents were really busy uh, i would take the bus home from school like i was i was like a latchkey kid
2: <laughs>
1: and, and so my sister's school would get out later and so if i wasn't doing something specific after school or hanging out with friends i would end up with time alone and I don't remember exactly when I did it. It probably it took a couple of years, to like work up the courage to like, look through my sister's stuff and try on some things, um, which I always felt really bad about. I, I didn't like uh, invading her privacy. I really never did it very often. In fact, I do it way more now. <laughs> Only now with, with her input and opinions, which I greatly value, every time I see her, she's like, "Here, here's a bunch of clothes. take this.". <laughs>
2: Um yeah, actually let me tell you this
1: this one story that, that did happen in second grade, um, which I've never really had a compelling reason to tell anyone in detail. So like get excited for it. Um, um but first I have to ask you a question. Did you ever have childhood crushes?
0: Oh, absolutely! I had like super intense crushes in elementary school. Um, yeah,
1: me, me too. I just to crush yeah. on girls all the time.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's like, but it's like, what is that exactly?
0: Because yeah, it's it's very strange. It's like you you because I remember also like understanding that I was like not at an age for romance. I didn't. I don't know what I want to, I think, in in retrospect, I, like, wonder how much of it was just, like, kind of, like, I want to be your friend, but...
1: Yeah, exactly, um, like, like, in my head, like, I would maybe fantasize about kissing them, but not, like, making out. I would just, like, kiss them once to show affection, and then, like, the other 99% of the time would just be hanging out, like, playing whatever games they wanted to. Yeah.
2: So... Yeah. Yeah.
1: This one time, I go to my friend Tyler's house for a sleepover, and Mm -hmm. his older sister also invites a friend. Uh, They're in the grade above us, and she's from the old school. We were all going to the brand new school, so I'd never met her before. Never saw her again. But when she walked in, I was like, wow, that's like the prettiest girl I've ever seen. And she sits down at the table with us, and is like looking at me, who's sort of staring at her in a way. (laughs) And she sort of recognizes that I'm interested in her in, in some way. She, there's like a smile that unfolds her, across her face and there's like that little spark of mutual recognition that I, I've never felt before.
2: Mm-hmm. And for a while, we just all hang out, like do kid things, like
1: breath competitions or whatever. And But eventually we split up to do our own things. And later in the night, Uh, Tyler and I are in the living room playing Donkey Kong Country when the girls decide to kidnap me, oh! (laughs) (laughs) they rush in, grab me, start dragging me towards Tyler's sister's room. There was like a whole situation where they were like pulling on one of my arms and Tyler's pulling on the other. And I'm sort of in the middle, not really resisting at all. Cause I'm like, I gotta find out where this is going. And, uh, eventually they wrest control of me, get me in the room, and lock the door. Uh, turns out that this girl had suddenly decided that she wanted to play house. She was the mom, Tyler's sister was the dad, and I had been designated the role of the baby. She picks me up, which was shocking, because she was, like, way stronger than she looked. I was also very small as a child. I uh, I was very sad when I hit my great spurt actually. I, I really liked being small.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She places me in a in a crib that's in the room which I was also shocked was not falling apart. And then just sort of talked talked to me like I was a baby for like a, a couple minutes before Tyler's mom like bursts into the room with a bawling Tyler in tow which I felt so bad about I was like oh my gosh I I forgot I'm here to hang out with him and now I'm like doing whatever this girl wants to do um
2: so I go back to playing with Tyler and uh it's all fine at some point in the night
1: uh Tyler's mom wants to talk to him and his sister and like this girl and I are are alone for a minute and I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know if she was like saying, thank you, sorry. Thinking along the same lines as me, just want to make sure I never forgot the night. She just leans over, kisses me on the lips, and then scurries off.
2: My goodness.
1: <laughs> so I went home and I was like, thinking about that. I was like, well, that was all very enjoyable, except for a few problems. One, really don't like being a baby. Not, not, <laughs> not my thing. Um, and two, it was way too short. I really wish there would be sort of like some way that I could just end up being kidnapped by women, but girls or whatever, and just like hang out for longer. Maybe they could just like, give me a makeover and I could just be accepted as one of them. And we could do whatever, whatever you do after that. And I started thinking about this all the time, and I I would I would start seeing it like in children's media. Like I don't know how much the audience for this podcast is mostly younger than me, or at least it seemed like it used to be. I, I've seen more people talking about it now. Ah, uh, but like there's there's like an episode of Hey Arnold, where there's like a boy's sleepover and a girl's sleepover, and that ends with one of the boys getting kidnapped and, and putting being tied to a chair in a dress and like girls putting makeup on him. There was an episode of, of the journey of Alan Strange. Very odd show. That the the older sister in that had like some sleepover ritual where they would kidnap her younger brother and put him in makeup.
2: Also, it wasn't
1: like along that exact narrative. Like, there were there were episodes of Rugrats I remember. Um, One where his uh, Tommy's uh, dad and grandpa wanted to enter him into a beauty beauty pageant in order to win a boat, and so they dressed him up like a girl to try and do that. There's also like an episode where. Uh, Tommy's dad is a toy inventor and he has like, he made this like machine to make dolls and Tommy and Chucky get stuck in it and like undergo like a mechanistic dollification.
0: Oh my goodness. I don't remember that from Rugrats. <laughs> I do. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't actually remember much from Rugrats. I think I remember watching it. I remember the theme song. I don't know how much like.
1: I love Rugrats. It's like one of my favorite cartoons ever.
0: Yeah. It was cute. I do remember that much
2: um oh my god
1: yeah so I'm saying that in elementary school as a preview child who did not understand what sex was who had never touched the internet who based on my own life experience I started having forced fantasies
2: yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah you know and there's like a sort of like I don't I had very sort of, like, similar fantasies, I think, as a child, or, um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of themes there that I, I I certainly sort of, like, resonate with that. I'm trying to remember what kinds of, like, I think I was, like, really into the idea of, like, sort of, like, like a secret society or something like that. I remember really loving, like, Codename Kids Next Door, because mm. I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to just, like, And I don't remember. Like I don't know. I I I feel like I, I always related to the. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Standard gender stuff, right?
1: Yeah. And uh, it it felt like it solved so many problems. Like, yeah. Because I was, uh, scared of like being rejected. Like, if you like want to hang out with girls and you like feel like you want to go talk to them. But they might like reject you. And then if you go back to the boys, they'd be like, why do do you want to talk to girls? And then they like reject you too. That was like scary. Yeah. And I really didn't know how much I wanted to do it. I was like okay with being a boy. Like it wasn't, it really wasn't distressing to me until I had puberty. Yeah. And so I just forced the issue. It seemed. All good. It's like it's it's like it's not my idea; it's their idea. Wink,
2: wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Right. It's you. You. You need someone. Someone else does your desiring for you. Um,
2: yeah. Right. That's um. Yeah. That that's that's
0: that's an entirely familiar. I think. Um, I don't know, I feel like that's just sort of, like, I mean, that's also in a certain sense, I feel like when you're young, and especially also, you know, I, I remember, like, being a child, right, and sort of, like, you understand that, like, romance is a thing, and, like, even to, like, some extent that, like, sex is a thing, right? Um, I, my, like, my twin sister confessed to me that she, like, watched porn when she was at a friend's house when we were, like, eight years old and like I mean she didn't say the word porn but she described like a video where a boy and a girl were naked and did stuff and I didn't really understand what that meant but I yeah you know it it sort of creates this like this kind of like mythology that you don't that you're like okay there's these things out there and I don't really know and I feel like the the impulse to like sort of like put put yourself off and the sense of like making someone else do the desiring for you. Um You kind of hope that someone else understands what's going on, right? That someone's going to come along and it's all going to make sense and that they they can sort of like that like they, they, they know how to resolve all these feelings because it's it's confusing, you know. You're you're sort of like, I want all these things. I don't know what I'm supposed to want. I get the sense that these are maybe not the things that I'm supposed to want, but also like And I think this is, like, another thing. It's Desire seems, like, so obvious from, like, the first-person perspective that, like, it's easy to sort of, like, forget that, like, taste is a thing and different people desire different things. And so you sort of run into, and I think this was, like, kind of a question that um, we talked about a little bit in the DMs, right? Like, this sort of... um, doesn't doesn't everyone just feel this way right like this like belief that it's just like oh this is just like these are just like the naturally superior aesthetics that like everyone would gravitate towards Mm -hmm. if they you know I
1: i think that was someone else but i definitely relate
0: yeah
2: okay yeah um but yeah okay so like what what sort of starts happening as you like grow into puberty Puberty, like, hits me like a series of little devastations. I remember hearing
1: um, a recording of my voice from from before, and then I made, like, a little recording of what I sounded like at the time, and I just had a total breakdown. I mean,
2: it was awful. If someone had walked in on me, I don't know what I would have said. Facial hair growing in was the worst. Mm -hmm. But each little thing that would happen, I just kind of thought that this was, uh,
1: that I was just like mourning childhood. Like all the messaging you get around puberty is like, it's a really confusing, upsetting time. And I was like, yeah, I'm really confused and upset. Mm And actually, even just from the time that I, like, heard about it, I did start to get scared of it. And this is, like, I know that this, this isn't actually that uncommon, um, but it, it was really embarrassing, which is that I thought, possibly, that I might just go through a female puberty, that it might just happen.
2: Right. And,
1: yeah, I would, I would, like, stand in the shower, and I would be, like, looking at my chest. And I'm like, maybe if I just, like, stimulate this and, like, think really hard, I'll just, like, grow breasts. Maybe it'll just
2: happen. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, what's it, what's it called? I think that's, like, partial androgen insensitivity or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course,
2: <laughs> yeah, but of course it did not. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh... So the thing about middle school, though,
1: is that uh, my parents networked the house. Suddenly, I had private broadband internet in my room, you know, up to three megabits down, mind-blowingly fast. <laughs> going going from from fifty six k to to broadband, unless unless you've been lucky enough to make the jump to gigabit, you'll never really understand. <laughs>
2: So I did start to look into things by then. I had also
1: probably seen like, uh, some more sympathetic, like documentaries or news reports on, on, uh,
2: transsexuals. Okay. And.
1: Yeah. I wanted to look into things more. um, one like really important site to my like understanding of things was TS roadmap. Do you know what that is? Oh,
0: I've heard that like um, I've heard that I've heard that one mentioned. Um, I yeah, know exactly. it's like a it's like an old school like
1: yeah. It's Andrea James's website.
0: Okay,
2: uh, people.
1: The thing about that one in particular is it didn't have an age gate. Like, a lot of uh, trans sites had age gates, which didn't, like, stop me. But it did, like, set the vibe. It was like, I'm not supposed to be seeing this. Which made the prospect of telling anyone that I was seeing it all the
2: worse. And, uh, so, most of the information that I
1: got was from there, and she had like a big focus on facial feminization surgery and voice training. And
2: I, I don't know. I I did like uh,
1: look look up uh the site uh, recently on on the Wayback Machine about like what it what it would have looked like uh, when I first came across it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it brought up some memories. I, 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 I will probably uh, read a page from it a bit later. Okay,
2: uh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Once we get to like my my real revelation. But the thing about that is that there was information on that site for young transitioners, but it it was it was under the the context of like, if you know that this is what you have to do, here's some advice. If you're still questioning, like you have to figure that out. And I was definitely questioning. And I really didn't know what to do with that. Right. Um,
2: so eventually I sort of like settled on like more practical
1: matters. Like I I knew that you had to get surgery to to be to have a legal change. And I was like, I have a lot of hang-ups around surgery. Uh, Even today,
2: I've never gotten any. I, uh...
1: And I was thinking, and, like, at that point, I was like, I don't feel a whole lot of dysphoria around my genitals, specifically. And I had just sort of learned that they sort of, like, can bring me this new pleasure that I I had never had before. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I should probably at least, like, lose my virginity first. Test things
2: out. See how it goes. <laughs> um and also
1: really like if I had come out at that time, I don't really think that things would have gone as well as they did later. Like everyone like, the most common story I hear of, of people that come out as, like, a preteen, um, even today, but especially at the time, um, even if they're from progressive families, is the story is, like, always, well, can't you just be gay, followed by years of therapy? And that's kind of what
2: I think would have happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... That's definitely what would have happened if I had I mean, I didn't have my own real. I don't know. I, I had my own thing, um but
2: yeah, I, that 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 seems, yeah, so I kind of just like put it off. like I was like. I'll think about it later, <laughs> um. Mm-hmm.
1: At the same time, that is when I started to actually, like, get a little more girly in my day-to-day life. Like, I started to, to think or, like, realize that, like, a lot of things that girls do, like, isn't, like, natural. I was like, I really like girls' handwriting, but I'm like, they practice that. Why don't I practice that? And so I, like, developed some cuter writing styles. and. Like girls would notice that and compliment me on it I was like that's awesome love that <laughs> um right i did start kind of quasi dating like in eighth grade the girl i was seeing wasn't actually allowed to date so we were just talking we would talk every night on aim hang out at school we did eventually go to the eighth grade dance together and uh she kind of like got something like she took the lead in everything she would like initiate contact lead in dances she kissed me at the end of the night mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's like that worked out well um yeah then by high school i, I already said like i started experimenting with makeup i started uh, uh, experimenting with fashion and uh,
1: that sort of worked out too. I was never really bullied or or anything. Uh, there were like thousands of kids in my high school, so I didn't I didn't know everyone, and uh, everyone just sort of like
2: had their own little cliques. So I don't know. It was fine. But there really wasn't very many like out queer people though. There would there would be like one or two people
1: there was like one or two people that that were definitely like out as gay or bisexual. I didn't know anyone who was trans. Um there might have been someone, but I managed to not know them. The only person (laughs) from my school who I know transitioned happened to be one guy four years older than me who transitioned after high school. And uh, the only reason I knew that is because he just happens to be uh, friends with one of my friend's older brother.
2: So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, So really everything... Everything came together. In one night. It was in 2009, and it was on CD. <laughs> Do you know CD? No. Or twenty chan
0: no. uh, I, that 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 sounds familiar. So was this like a trans site? Like no, an image but, board or?
1: it okay. was an image. Yeah, it, well, well, okay. So here's the thing, right? I never really liked 4chan or image boards. I, right. I discovered them in like 2006. And uh, that was sort of after any sort of my like edgy, edgelord teen phase. It was like on the wane, And it was just really not meshing with my sensibilities. But at the same time, it did feel like something interesting was happening. And I had like a big fear of missing out and like unbridled curiosity at the time. So I did, like, semi-regularly lurk 4chan in, like, 0607, 07. And I would have come across 420chan at the same time. And that wasn't, um, like, that wasn't very useful to me because I didn't actually do drugs at the time. But uh, I did notice one thing, which is that they had a pornography board that none of the other sites had. And that was CD for crossdressers. And when I first went there, that's what it was. It was just pictures of cross-dressers. Um, it seemed mostly like people posting pictures of themselves, which is probably important for what came later. Um, but I just kind of filed that in the back of my head. By the end of 07, I was just like, I hate this. Like, This is like aggressively unfunny and like rather pathetic at times, and I don't know why I'm coming to the lights. I just need to stop. So I did. Um, but probably over the next couple of years, like, uh, 08, 09, my whole life was just falling apart. I had dropped out of several, uh, educational paths.
2: Um, the financial crisis made it so I could not find work for the life of me. Uh... My parents
1: had uh, my dad got an exciting job offer, but it was at a, a startup. So they they moved, but were afraid to sell the house because that might fall apart. So they're like, "Look, you just like stay here, watch the house, and sort of figure yourself out." And because uh, I had had like a a serious depressive episode, um, a bit earlier, and uh. So I was just staying there uh, with my girlfriend for a while. But then we uh, finally broke up, which was devastating, um, even though it was my idea. Uh, we had been together for five years, which was like a quarter of my entire life at that point. So I was like, I don't I don't even know who I am without her. And... Uh, Eventually, sort of late in 2009, uh, all my friends went back to school and I was sort of alone and not doing anything. And I finally like realized one day that I do have something now that I have never really had before, which was complete and total privacy. And I was like, I'm an adult, I have credit cards, I should buy some women's clothing and just like wear around the
2: house that would probably make me feel better but i thought
1: like where can i get some like inspiration or tips for this for people like my age with my body type that want to wear women's clothing and i was like i got it cd i will go to 420 chan and check out what's happening there so i go and uh, what I find is that 420 Chan has now started to do what 420 Chan does. They've started to talk about drugs, and for the first time in my life, I'm really confronted with extensive and accurate information about hormone replacement therapy. I see transition timelines. I see like alternative narratives. Like every every story of like every transsexual I'd, I'd ever heard up until that point was like. I always knew, I always like really knew I was a man trapped in a woman's body. I have a female soul. I could never figure out what that meant. When I would ask myself like, am I a boy or am I a girl? I, I, I had like no way to answer that, sort of divorced from the sort of typical notions of what that means. And suddenly on here, there were people saying like, they didn't want surgery. That they might go back and forth. I saw the word genderqueer. queer," and uh, right, lots of pictures, pictures of people on hormones versus people people off hormones. Um, information about what testosterone keeps doing to your body after puberty, which is something I'd never really considered before. And as I'm scrolling through all this information, it just like really starts to hit me, like.
2: Suddenly it's like my entire being
1: like expands beyond me. I like get up and start walking around and think about things and it's like suddenly as if the entire universe makes absolute perfect sense. Colors get brighter, the air feels electric. I I look back on my life and like all of my behavior suddenly it starts to make sense.
2: And I I,
1: like, look forward, and suddenly I, c- I can, like, see a future. I go from not knowing what I'm going to do at all to knowing exactly what I'm going to do the very next day.
2: Um. I- and what, what was that?
1: Uh, talk to a therapist to uh, eventually get a, a referral to get on hormones. If there was informed consent back there around me, I did not know about it.
0: <laughs> right, that makes a lot of sense. And, and did we, did you end up actually doing that tomorrow? Well, so or the day
2: yeah, after, once,
1: <laughs> yeah. Once that that revelation hit me, like for like an hour, that was like the most euphoria I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> Like, and it's not even really close. It was like, oh my gosh, like everything makes sense. And then when I started to think about it more and like all the things I would have to do and all the implications of like, I would have to tell people this now, like this like deep secret that I, that I haven't been telling people and like explain it and like justify it out loud. Then, then I had like a 14 hour breakdown.
2: <laughs> oh, it was- Yeah.
1: Yeah. No one ever told me that there would be like a hangover to the life-changing epiphany.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, how how could you even tell someone that, right? Like, yeah. I feel like the only way to tell someone that is if they're already in the middle of it, right? Um.
2: But yeah, sorry. Continue. Well, so. It it might have taken an extra day. I don't
1: remember, but it was it was definitely one or two days. I uh, called a therapist, one that I had already been seeing, who uh, I
2: wasn't really talking to, it,
1: and he was like, "Like, why don't you just like not come back unless you definitely have something to say?" And I was like, "Okay." I went and saw him, and he was the first person I came out to, and he. I was like, oh, uh, thanks for telling me. Well, I've never actually dealt with that before. You probably know more about that than I do. Which was probably the best thing that someone could have told me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was absolutely true also.
0: That's actually like a really responsible thing for a therapist to to tell someone in that situation, I think.
1: Yeah. So, um, like I saw him a couple more times while I was like searching for someone that didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, who I eventually found, and
2: I told her like, like this is
1: what I'm doing. I want to get a referral to hormone for hormones, um, which is like a weird, a weird way to like engage in therapy to like have this like yeah. specific goal like hanging over your head.
2: But she was like super great about it. Awesome, that's great. And uh,
1: she helped me uh, come out to everyone. So, like that that winter break, like I came out uh, to my friends one by one,
2: and she
1: actually came out to my family for me. I I was kind of a coward in that in that respect.
2: Uh, I mean, I can't
0: judge you for that. I came out of her text to my family. Um, or to my mother, I guess.
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, so. But it all went well.
1: Uh, no one, no one rejected me at all. No friends, no family, no extended family members, even the sort of very right-wing ones. Um, I don't know if that's changed in recent years. I haven't seen a lot of them since, like, 2016. <laughs> I do wonder if, like, something has changed. Um, yeah,
0: I'd be curious what the sort of, as it's become more politically charged.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: or closer to
2: the Political consciousness, I guess. And so
1: probably it was probably four or five months after that revolution that i was I was seeing a doctor
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very good. That's awesome So. I guess uh, in in that first year, that was uh, definitely when I got, like, the most sort of uh, light public harassment. Like, uh, guys, like, mockingly catcalling me
1: or uh, people whispering slurs under their breath as I walked by or just giving me, like, dirty looks. I remember getting my hair cut one time and... The girl sitting next to me, just like every five minutes, would just give me like a different
2: dirty look, and uh, that
1: that was that was tough. It, I know you uh, you uh, got got the cover of Pandemic for
0: that. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> But it still, it still happened, even, like, um, I remember, like, this one time I was, like, uh, just, like, out for a walk in the park, and I was, like, I don't know, I mean, like, it was summertime, and I think I was dressed, like, what's fairly normal for a girl my age in the summertime, which is clothes that, you know, like, could be read kind of plausibly in either direction, I think, um, and I remember I was just like walking around this lake, and there was like this mother with her children. It was like a busy lake; like there were like a lot of people there out walking around. Um, and she just like gave me this look, like I was going to like kidnap her children or something. Like just just this like incredibly dirty, like piercing look. And I was like, I don't. I'm like, what are you? What What did I do? I'm just sitting here. I'm just walking.
2: Um, yeah. But for me, like, you know, luckily it did stop.
1: Uh, you kind of like don't notice that right away though, right? It's a, yeah. I just always like expect it to happen more.
0: Um, yeah. I think that was something that maybe you mentioned in one of uh, the DMs that we were talking about uh, before show, like the sort of paranoia that kind of like persists through this you know, you go through this process of sort of um yeah, being like sort of um very kind of like publicly, very like um or very I don't know, it just it it feels it's all encompassing to you and then yeah, when it stops it's like (laughs) (laughs) um there's no like announcement that it's over, and you you kind of keep expecting it to yeah, yeah.
1: and and like personally, I, I started <clears throat> having a new problem, right? Uh,
2: if I like fast forward, like
1: uh, on like year two. Uh, there's actually like a a specific date when I sort of realized that how well this was working, and not just that, but that people actually considered me rather attractive. Um, it was New Year's uh, twenty twelve. Yeah.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, my my sister was throwing like this gigantic joint bachelor bachelorette New Year's Eve party. And like everyone and then some was invited. The they uh rented out uh, this, this place, I don't remember if it was attached to the ho- hotel or like next to one, but a lot of us like had rooms like right there. So it was like, let the alcohol flow, big party. And that was one of the first times where I got like really dressed up. I had definitely in that first year I was like, you know, quote unquote, boy No
2: one called it that back then. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I did start to
1: to take more risks in the second year, but this was like two years in, and I was like, here we go. Black dress, heels,
2: uh, my sister helped me with my
1: makeup to make a pop and all that. But I still felt really dysphoric. Like I didn't like the way that I looked. I felt very awkward and very exposed that I was like still uh, showing people this side of myself. I actually had like a noticeable farmer's tan because of what I was wearing a lot and uh, was obviously like very upset about that. Um, But turns out none of that matters. Did not matter at all. I go to this party and
2: uh a guy starts talking to me and he's
1: he's like he's pretty cute and he's really funny and uh we're talking and it's going well but there's like one problem which is that when he came up to me the first thing he said was hey you're not like the other girls here are you and i was like what does that mean i used to get that a lot and uh I used to compulsively come out every time someone would say this to me just to figure out what they meant. And uh, not once did they ever mean I I clocked you. That's, maybe that's just my experience. Uh, but, but that is like a terrifying,
0: out. that is like a terrifying turn of phrase. I mean, I've never had anything like that happen to me, but I can imagine I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? What, what the fuck? What? what? Yeah. Like,
2: so uh, yeah. we we're talking, and like, like my past comes up, which is which is a thing. Um, but in in this in this instance, like, uh,
1: we we were talking about my sister because it was her party, right? And so finally, I just like lean in and I'm like, listen, I used to be my sister's younger brother, and he's just totally taken aback. He is like totally shocked, and he just blurts out, holy shit, your sister must be pissed that her younger brother grew up to be hotter than her. And that just like short circuited my brain. I was like, what are you talking about? I must have let out like the sluttiest laugh of my life because one of my sister's sorority friends was walking by, and later she came up, came up to me and I was like, hey, saw you talking to that guy, get it girl.
2: Uh, That, like, okay,
1: I don't think I mentioned this, but my sister and I um, are are the only uh, visibly non-white members of my family. uh, Because my biological dad was uh, Okinawan, and uh, so we're we're visibly uh, Asian and, uh, no one else is. So, she, uh, is, like, my one real example of <clears throat> what my, sort of, uh, genetics would look like, like, more feminized.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, it's not that I want to look exactly like her, but she does play, like, an undeniably cent- central role in, like, the synthesis of my idealized body image. And, uh, so when he said that, it was like he was saying that, that I was sort of, like, beyond the upper limits of my own, own conception of my possible femininity.
0: You've succeeded more than you ever thought you would.
1: Yeah, I was, like, having a limited experience because of this compliment. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was, like, so anxious about it that I was, like, he must have he known. He, he's really funny he, someone told him, he came up with like the perfect thing to say, but there was something undeniable, which is that the attraction had just vanished. The whole, the whole energy of the conversation shifted. And finally, I just, I just asked him, I was like, hey, you were interested in me and now you're not, right? He's like, yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. He was nice about it, but it's like, wow, what whiplash, like what an incredibly unique experience to be given maybe the best compliment of my life as a guy is losing interest in me. Yeah. So strange.
0: Yeah. That's gotta be really weird. Do you mind if I ask? So I'm curious about, you mentioned that when you were younger, you had girlfriends and so on. And now you mentioned this, this interaction with a man, which sounds like it was pleasing to you. When did you, are you, are you like, Bisexual, or I guess, how, yeah. do you, how do you think about your okay? And
1: was I, I that myself? As, yeah, and I, I, uh, I sort of knew, um, like back then, like in high school, um, right. I should say, I, I, I never mentioned like my high school sweetheart that, that I dated for five years. She was the only person that when I came out was like, yeah, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Interesting.
0: Okay. And and were you out as bisexual during that time or just sort of was it like kind of a I mean you said that you were like doing things, right? Like, you know, wearing eyeliner to school and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, um, I would sort
2: of I, I I wasn't like
1: but I never like had to like go around like telling people that I was like straight. Uh, right. It was just like a thing. That maybe sometimes I would express in some way, but that I never, I was never like with guys at the time or or anything.
0: Right. Um, It's, it's kind of hard to, um, if you're in high school, I I don't know. I, I, that was at least like, it's a thing I've talked about before. Like, um, the impossibility of sort of like doing gayness in high school, or at least what, what felt like that to
2: me. In a certain
0: sense, Um. yeah. Okay, and so, so that's that's like this that's that's this moment for you that you're like, oh shit!
1: It it keeps going, actually. Okay, right. Uh, There's so that was just like because I'm still at this party, and uh, a second guy comes up to me, right, and uh, he's not as cute as the first, and he's not as funny, but he's smart he's like in grad school and we can hold a conversation so like mm. this this time i don't mention it all like, right yeah so like i kiss him at midnight he he's probably like one of the first just like random boys that i i, I kiss at the end of the night he's walking me to my hotel room we're sort of making out a bit he really wants to come inside probably uh in more ways than one <laughs> And uh, then I don't know what to do. Yeah, like now I'm just like, oh gosh. I I really I really don't know what to do in this situation. So I just send them away, and uh, I go inside my hotel room and just suddenly feel a surge of so many emotions. I I like finally like really realize like how deeply I am being read as a woman um but that also that there's this hard limit to it and i i don't really know how much i i wanted to to like chip away more at it um but i feel like exhilarated turned on guilty i i kind of felt like like a sexual predator like not telling him Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, i felt euphoric
1: felt hopeless like so many things at the same time. And at some point during that, I do like go over to the mirror and I'm just like looking at myself and like I really see it like for the first
2: time that like that this that I am like attractive. That
1: it's not just like working. It's like working really well. Um, but there is something about that that's that's like a bit awkward um this is like a really awkward phenomenon to talk about
2: which is sometimes i think um trans people we can be sort of like
1: stunted by our own understanding of how fluid this is uh we'll have this this idea that's like sometimes made explicit that that, like, femininity, that everything's, like, on this linear spectrum, that, like, femininity extends out, outward in one direction forever, masculinity extends outward in the other direction forever, and that,
2: like, every body part can be sort of, like,
1: picked apart and be put somewhere on this, and that what you need to do is to min-max and, like, really, uh,
2: Fix every little thing about you in order to like move along this gender slider. And uh, right.
1: like, if you want to do that, if and if you have specific goals, like I think that's awesome. Like you should you should definitely pursue that. Um, but the thing is, like most people just like don't think that way. They they they're not constantly breaking people down and like putting them back together, and then reading them. They just. Uh, The normal sort of dualistic binary way of thinking is like you're either this or that and so if you are being read the way you want to sometimes this stuff can like all turn back in on itself like if you're gonna lean on like a spatial metaphor i feel like it's not really like a a line so much as like a mobius strip like once Mm. once you pass through a threshold a lot of the things that you don't like about yourself can actually specifically be the things that other people look on, look at you and think, wow, that's what makes her more attractive than the average woman. And that's, like, really awkward.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I, I think that's entirely true. I think that's, I mean, yeah, like, exactly that. I think that's actually, like, a really good way of putting it. Um, that's definitely something I've kind of experienced. Um, with with my own transition and things about my face, and...
2: yeah, it's
1: yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I I started that night like thinking I looked like a boy, and I when I was like staring in this mirror, I I did take a bunch of like uh, drunken blurry mirrors mirror, self, mirror selfies at like three <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and like I'm looking at these pictures right now. I'm like. I have no idea how I thought that someone like could think of this person as a boy. It's like what was what was I thinking?
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I get that. So then, um. Now,
1: now, guys like want to talk to me a lot, and now I'm I'm sort of like faced with like a number of of issues.
2: Um, Right, talking about my past, I said that. Um, Yeah. How how do you navigate that? Do you navigate that, or what's
1: your? Yeah, I I I really don't like uh uh every like interaction with the guy became this this like it felt like this no win scenario because they all were attracted to me and it's it's like if i just like uh, ignore them or, or turn them down i i can be subject to all the misogyny that that sort of entails and like if i don't then I could be subject to all the transphobia that, that entails. And there,
2: there was, there was definitely a, a time period when I was just like, uh, I
1: don't know. I just kept coming out over and over, just seeing seeing what would happen because I needed to sort of figure out the limits of my new so- social reality. And uh, that wouldn't always go well, <laughs> definitely not, yeah, not as, not as well as that that first time
2: fuck, i, I imagine, um
0: yeah, it, it, I, I, <laughs> did it ever go like at least all right, or does it go all right? I mean, I don't know how has it changed ever, because I imagine like what you said that that happened. That was, like, 2012, so it's been, like, 10 years since then. You've had, like, a decade of doing this.
1: Yeah, well, well, to be honest, like, um, for reasons that go far beyond gender, (laughs) for a long time now, I just have not been pursuing relationships at all. Uh, (laughs) I don't really feel like fully explaining that, but... So, uh, at a certain point, I, I... I'm not the best person to speak to that. I, I hear you have been a uh, recording episodes where maybe people have a uh, much more experience. Probably uh, listen to those.
0: Yeah, they'll be out in a few weeks.
2: <laughs> um. uh, yeah, but the the sort of a uh, the the passing like.
1: I make like a great first impression. And uh there are definitely people that have known me for a long time, that knew me like over a a long period of time that like didn't know anything. Um but I do feel that like there is like a like a timer on it, that there's like an expiration date on the cis passing. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. I it's definitely possible to like really be stealth. Um but like the deeper someone gets to know you, the the harder it is to avoid.
2: Yeah. And uh do you do you think
0: about yourself as stealth? Is that like a concept that feels no, applicable it, to your life?
1: It it never really was. And uh, I uh, I just decided to like be more visibly queer over time and and also like one thing uh to to get rid of i i did not consciously do this but i did like gain weight and then like guys stopped talking started stopped coming up to me so often in random situations but yeah i don't know if you know that but guys guys can be pretty shallow Mm
2: -hmm. yeah oh yeah uh So, yeah, I just, uh, like I said, like, even in recent years, I, I was, like, really, really androgynous. <laughs> and
1: and I'm, I'm really fine with that. I, I never, like, I- I'm always, like, don't know how to answer the question. Like, what are your preferred pronouns? I was, like, I don't know. I just, I, I really want to know. What people think about me because I never want to be in a situation where I sort of like walk in and suddenly out myself because I think I look one way, but I actually look a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I just try to like go with go with the flow, whatever you whatever you think that w- that'll work.
2: Right. Right. And so.
0: Yes, so how have has that ever like coincided with a teenager assuming that you were like a vafap, or yeah, <laughs> I guess, Definitely. yeah, I mean that sounds like it would, yeah,
1: yeah. we we would have this like little conversation they they would like walk up to me and be like, "What are your pronouns?" And I'd be like, well, i don't I don't really uh have preferred pronouns." I, I just like to know people's intuitive judgments, but most people, I I really learned to to always like at least give a suggestion. Most people go with she and her, so you can just go with that if you if, if like if you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they would be like, "Oh, that's cool." Or like, "I'm non-binary too." So AFAP? and I, they would ask you
2: if you were AFAP. yeah,
1: <laughs> and and I'd be like, "Oh." that's not what I meant like why are we talking about this that's very but, strange yeah but I, I can't like fault them too much because I did just ask them to like make make our firm judgment so they are like doing that in their own way right right but uh, but uh, there is like a like a little pro tip if if someone uh says says this in the present tense versus the past tense it, it's it's very revealing to to how they're thinking about it. Like, are you AFAB versus were you AFAB?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a that's a sort of I. I mean, I'm, i yeah. It's one of my hobby horses is people forgetting that right. Like, what those letters stand for when you actually spell it all out is an event, not necessarily like a body plan or. You know,
2: yeah, like just, this is like a thing that happened many, many years ago and yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
1: listening to your podcast, I just, uh, I haven't had much going on in the past couple of years just because uh, the pandemic sort of interrupted
2: what I had going on, uh, so I- I've I've been like trying to figure out what to do, and I realized that uh,
1: trend- trending in a more feminine direction like gives me gives me some like uh, personal hygiene goals every day that I <laughs> I can uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, sort of provide more structure to figure out what I'm doing yeah I, I sort of realized like I'm I'm like in a very similar situation to when I first came out it's like sometimes you end up in a weird spot and you just got to transition about
2: it <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's a really good way to sort
0: of like um I don't know. it's kind of just like it, 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 it's a way of throwing yourself at something um which can have negative consequences, um but also can be be good for you if you are are conscientious about it and, and sort of you know keep keep your eye on the prize and sort of do what you're what you're trying to do um
2: do you like have many trans friends or queer friends generally or like um how's your social I circle i don't really i don't really have uh yeah i really don't have much going on right now <laughs> there,
1: there there there, have been times when i i was uh going to events with with like a lot lots of trans people uh
2: I uh... gosh, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll no, I
0: mean, me. it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a, I don't know, an, an interesting question um, to me.
2: Yeah. Well, how did you how did you find this podcast? That's
1: <laughs> oh, I, I am. Um... I use Twitter in a really weird way. I I used to follow you uh, a few years ago just because uh, I was sort of interested in what was going on in in your circles, and I unfollow people a lot. <laughs> okay. But when I do, I put people in like lists. I have a bunch of lists, so it's just kind of like turning down volume. And uh, once you started this podcast, I was like, that's kind of interesting. I'll I'll look into that. Okay. And, uh, that's what drew me back interesting
0: <laughs> interesting okay fair enough fair enough well we've been going for about an hour and I feel like we've we've told a story that um I'm pretty happy with and that I think will be interesting to an audience do you have any do you have anything you want to add or do you have more
2: more that you want to you want to cover or
1: I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing springs to mind right now.
0: Yeah, nothing quite springs to my mind either. Um, let me look over. Um, da, da, da. Oh, you mentioned something about progesterone being more effective than psych meds. I don't that know
1: if you want That's <laughs> absolutely true uh i I feel like i have enough, enough experience with it to know that when i'm on progesterone i feel much better i can i can feel and process emotions in a way that i can't do it when i'm off it yeah um and it was just it was earlier this year like a few months ago when i finally talked my current endo into putting me back on and uh i highly recommend it i don't recommend spyro don't like that
0: yeah yeah <laughs> do you do you notice I'm always curious about this because I know it's it's such like a it's such a myth do you notice a difference if you take it orally versus if you um do the Idea. the rectal
1: yeah yeah i'm yeah i mean uh for one, it doesn't make me sleepy if I take it orally it does make make me sleepy oh interesting
2: uh And
1: I feel, I have felt like I have like a lot more energy these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed a sort of, I didn't, I didn't notice the sleepy thing, but I also, I take it at night. So I think I'm I'm sleepy in either case. Um, but I, I do notice the energy thing and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big difference. Oh, um, maybe that's the, the, the final, the, the lesson you can take home from this episode is, uh, move your progesterone
2: um
1: yeah get
0: some get some Uh, some progesterone and take a little pin poke a hole in it
1: and um, i've definitely had a lot of doctors like try to ward me off it and it's
2: yeah Yeah. it's no it's 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 very good for you um at least I think I don't I don't know, but
0: all right. Well, um, thank you so much for for sharing your life with me and with the audience. Um, this has really been a, a really fun and interesting episode. And um, yeah, it's I don't know it's a, it's a thing I, I've been conscious about, and I I want to do more to rectify the sort of like generational skew um, of this podcast that um a lot of us are are like in our mid-20s um and I guess you're not that far outside of it but it still sounds like you transitioned in a very different environment and um yeah it's been really really good to learn learn about that and listen to that so yeah thank you uh thank you for sharing that with us
1: thank you Julian
0: it's my pleasure and um, thank you to the audience for for tuning in. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, at when a guy has. You can donate to the Ko-fi link if you're so inclined. You can um, retweet the show, share it with a friend. Um, someone just DM'd me today to say that they shared it with a friend and that friend really liked the show, um, which is awesome. That always makes me really happy to hear that. If you listen to us on a platform that has, like, reviews, um, give us a positive review. Give us those those five stars or thumbs up or whatever it is. And, um,
2: yeah, thank you so much.